Welcome to the Hold the Maneuver podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Mike. We're two hardworking dads trying to immerse ourselves into Star Wars and fit it into our very busy lives. If this is your first time listening and or watching, in this sometimes short-form Star Wars podcast, we'll share our thoughts on different topics from a galaxy far, far away. So join us as we prepare to execute the Hold the Maneuver. All right. I'm you got to you gotta go to Arizona, don't you? Yeah. Hey, he'll be back. Don't worry. welcome yeah that was a you know walks getting better you know getting a little <laughs> bit faster but yeah you're cutting corners yeah so find a quicker route yeah let's let's add our, our our guest paul in this week hello paul welcome hello, to paul. the hold maneuver hey guys did you hear about the two kevin uh kevin <laughs> kevin owens <laughs> who are on a race mm. i can't say that i have i know they're probably underwater by now well, it was neck and neck. Oh, yes. Ooh, I so, there we go. There we go. There we go. They were playing. They were playing. They were asleep because of that joke. So, <laughs> yes. So, this this is episode 47 of the Hold of Maneuver. Uh, this week, we have Mr. Paul Herman, a.k.a. P-Thug, joining us uh, all the way from the many different shows that he does online you may yeah. have you may have heard or seen him on the saga continues the comic binge or the mcu fan show among many things uh he was uh, recently on our buddy who uh, edits our show of actors uh show um not too long ago yeah, uh so yeah so Joining us this week, uh, we're going to be talking about Return of the Jedi for the 40th anniversary. Uh, that was just the past few days ago, uh, recently. Now, this movie came out uh, back in May of 1983, May 25th to be exact. Now, did I know I didn't get a chance to, and I'm bummed out about it still. Did any of us get to go to see the 40th anniversary re-release nope. in theaters? No man, I, life is chaos right now. Well, now I feel Close less bad one to that I didn't get to see it. Five either. hours away. Oh man, yeah, and I, my my son the other day is like, so can we go see Return of the Jedi in theater? So I was like, no, it was only in theaters that one night like, only. <laughs> yeah, I think it played ironically and or coincidentally <laughs> enough until May fourth. They played it like the last day. Yeah, the last yeah, day it was like a whole playing. week. It was a whole week or something like that. And I was like, no, it was only that, that week. And he's like, well, why don't you tell me that? I just like, I did. I did tell you that. <laughs> Blew it. You're of the age where you don't listen to me. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, to, I don't know. I don't remember exactly how old either both of your kids are. But uh, when they, they hit uh, definitely a certain age, that the, the not listening um, becomes even more intense. So even more well, than it is already, yeah. right? Okay. Mine's so, four and it's pretty bad. So mine's three and it's yeah, it's, uh, it's <laughs> yeah, uh, it's interesting. So once they become teenagers, it's like they're they're not. Tone. It's like they're they tune you out. <laughs> there, but then but then it comes back eventually, or so I'm told. So hopefully, we'll, you just say money we'll, and they perk right up. <laughs> yes, especially especially when they graduate and they and they get a bunch of uh, graduation cards. So, but. 
so now now with return of the jedi it was i know sometimes this is like the the first film a lot of people saw sometimes in mm-hmm. for for whatever reason was this the first movie that that you all saw uh paul mike i don't recall the order in which i saw all the star wars ones to be honest i feel like i played the star wars snes game first and then watched the movies really but i don't i just don't remember because hmm. i remember when we had roller skating parties at, oh, yes. in school Named after the named after the character from the Obi Wan Kenobi series, <laughs> Reva. Reva, yeah. Um, and I want to say fourth grade was the one we had, or someone had a birthday party there, and the DJ was doing Star Wars trivia, and I won every single prize. Nice. So I definitely had seen it by then, by fourth grade, and I had seen it enough to where I knew all the answers to every single question asked. Well, there you go. But I don't recall the first viewing. How about you, Paul? Well, uh, I I don't remember the first viewing. All I, all I remember is that I've known Star Wars and like Marvel comics since I can remember. Like I don't, I just I just always knew they existed, and so I but I remember watching Return of the Jedi very very young. I think it's the first one I watched. And I just because I remember I loving Jabba's palace like the <laughs> moment I saw it, and because I was a big Muppet fan because the Muppet show was going Makes on, sense. and so my parents knew it's like I like that stuff. And, and I don't, I want to say I'm pretty sure I was the first one I saw because I grew up only seeing uh Empire and Jedi, I had no idea there was a third one until I was in kindergarten, so I had spent like a good portion of my life at the time like only thinking there's two movies because i came in empire just like it's just going dropped right in like oh this is like oh yeah you know and so um but yeah jedi i think was the first one i'd seen because i remember some of my earliest memories are of my parents this is going to date me i'm not sure if i'm the oldest one here or not but uh my parents renting a vcr and return of the jedi and me watching it like a zillion times before I had a Betamax growing up. Okay, so. okay, <laughs> yeah, same about the same time frame, I guess. I don't know, I don't know, but but they, uh, but anyway, but yeah, I I remember like I remember the day, I remember vividly, vividly, honestly, um, I was very very young, um, and I think I was, or I'm not sure how old I was. I was, I, was, I think I was pre kindergarten or kindergarten, right around there, and I remember watching. Uh, the part where uh, Baush Leia is like walking to o- defreeze uh, Han, yeah. And so, when my mom like, walked in like during that time, and she's like, We gotta turn it off and return it, I was like, No, I was like, I begged her not to do it, and of course, she did, and I was devastated. So, <laughs> got those late fees, <laughs> yeah, man. So, yeah, so I want to say I probably was with when I was, you know, because I was born in 82, it came out in 83, so it was probably like 84. Five-ish, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I may I may had seen it, that, but the first time I can remember remember vividly from my memory of like you know, oh yeah, this is like Star Wars or this is this is cool. Is was probably around around like eighty 
85, 86 ish, maybe mm-hmm. 86, 87. I would say 86. I think 86 sounds like a good number because I, I have weird memories of when I was really young, but like they're all, all they're all scattered. So, right. But yeah, but yeah, I think, I think, I think for me, Return of the Jedi was the first one I saw too because I know, uh, like. I would watch, I remember, I specifically remember the VHS case that like had half of Yoda's face on it with like the, not purple, but like. Burgundy, oh yeah. That, that was the nineties release. That was the, okay. the early nineties or the mid nineties release. I should, I should say right around that time frame. Yeah. Cause it was before the special edition came out, but I remember yeah. like watching the VHS of that with uh, my cousins at my grandparents' house. It was, and it was either between like watching that VHS or like when they would play the movies on TNT all the time. Like I remember everybody watching remember Star Wars TNT. playing on TNT. Oh yeah. yeah. I remember when it was a big deal when Revenge of the Sith like played on, on TNT for the like for the first time. Hmm. Um but I have the that Mustafar up there. But um I love Revenge of the Sith. It's my jam. That is my my favorite. Well, not not my favorite bear, but it's it's up in the my it's in my top, top three. But, yeah. So yeah, mine would go Empire, uh, Return of the Jedi, or sorry, not Empire, Revenge of the. Actually, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to double check. Just give me a top three. I'll give. You t- <laughs> I can tell you right now what my top three are. I'll, really easy. Right. It's, it, it's Empire, Jedi, Flip a Coin, and then Revenge of the Sith. All right. How about you, Mike? Well, we just doing Skywalker trilogy or all Star Wars? All Star Wars films. Dude. Star so my top oh, one is Empire, then Rogue One, hmm. and then I always give credit to the first one because without it, we wouldn't have any of it. I always call the first one my first prequel because nice. I never, oh, I yeah, never, because I didn't know it existed, and I'll never forget. I always tell the story when people like talk about it for this kind of story, and I always say, I was in, I was in kindergarten. And I remember at night, my mom and dad were like, oh, hey, Paul, the first Star Wars movie's coming on. I went, oh, Empire. And she's, no, 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 the first one. I'm like, what are you talking about? And so I'm like, they're like telling me what happens. I'm like, that, that doesn't happen. What? And then I remember being like, is Yoda in it? I'm like, no. I'm like, what? <laughs> it felt very awkward garbage. to me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm not watching this crap, you know? So, and and. And honestly, like it wasn't until the last, like I'd say, fifteen years that I really started like re- appreciating that movie for what it is. To be honest, I, it was always it was always my least favorite of the three because it was my. That's last. how I feel about the prequels. Is like when they came out, I was a such a moody teenager that I didn't respect them enough. Mm. And now I like look back at them and have that appreciation for them because of what they actually are. Yeah, it's yeah. you know it, it is. I mean, it's like the Return of the Jedi. You know, I had no idea people even hated it or didn't like Ewoks <laughs> until I was I was a teenager, and I'm being like, what? People hated this? Like, what? What are you talking about? And not it wasn't until I got you know Jar Jar Banks that I kind of understood that perspective, <laughs> right? But but at the same time, it's true. Yeah, it's not the right perspective either. You have to know the con- the context of what you're watching, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know that. To be, you know, it's so weird because Star Wars, you know, is, is always you. Know, I always learn a lot of life lessons through Star Wars, whether I like it or not. Mm-hmm. And either if I, in, and I mean that in, in a way of like, like funny, haha, I learned a valuable lesson, like no, or like, I, I hate you guys are named after a movie I learned a lot from that I don't necessarily love, which is The Last Jedi, the Holden maneuver. You know, I mean, I'm not a big fan of that movie <laughs> for a lot of reasons. And th- that being said, I learned a lot about 
to be honest about uh, how I'm supposed, how I should deal with things as an adult when like my favorite fran- when my favorite franchises goes around I don't like, and how does that yeah. how does that affect everything going afterwards? You know, because it does affect your fandom. Right. Um, and Return of the Jedi is interesting. Go, go and get full circle back to Return of the Jedi. It's it's interesting because of the of the Ewoks and everyone you know talked that bad about them. But you know, my I grew up on Ewoks, and I I will like I will go to I will take a grenade and, and do a kamikaze for you know, nice. Ewoks if I have to. I mean, it's just you know I, I will not hear I will not tolerate people bashing Ewoks. They don't have to like them. That's fine. But being like this is crap, I'd be like, shut up. No, it's like don't no, you just it's, it's just. You weren't ex- you were expecting one thing and weren't and again right. that's and that's something that as of and then as I got older, I had to deal with with the prequel trilogy and then extensive to the sequel trilogy in some regards as well. So I mean, Return of the Jedi is kind of like the first kind of like, I think lesson for Star Wars fans that you kind of like the older generation that than I am the original gen- generation you could say, which I guess you could say I'm part of that original generation barely, but. um but that first like wave of fans, you could say they had their first lesson of like, maybe it's not Star Wars is not necessarily for me. It hasn't, mm-hmm. it, it's for, it's for the general. It's a, for the, I always say it's for families. It's a family film franchise. Yeah. And when you do that, it's more than just like trying to like, you know, appeal to like everybody. It's, it's, it's really more of just like tonally just very kind of all inclusive from a tone mm-hmm. standpoint instead of like adding aspects Does that makes sense so yeah. um i think return of the jedi was a first kind of like foray into that like for the first wave of fans being like oh wait star wars is not exactly gonna grow up with me it's gonna stay probably for the most part like pretty consistently what what it needs to mm-hmm. be so this is interesting yeah uh, and i know uh, return of the jedi was like the like the original one of the the movies that people liked or like star wars fans liked to to bash on or like like mm-hmm. clerks even has like the famous scene was like what what's the contractors favorite, yeah what's your favorite star wars movie empire it's like it's like blasphemy blast jedi all jedi had was a bunch of muppets <laughs> but, and i love those muppets by the way yeah they're awesome like i i which by the way, clerks always bugged me when they said that i was like what's wrong with, what's wrong with muppets like what's wrong with that like what like they're like they're literally like puppets in freaking the first one. So yeah, yeah. What, there's puppets in them now. Like, I, yeah. Right? Yeah. Because <laughs> people are like we need to give a Yoda is a puppet. Yeah, Yoda's a puppet. Like what the hell? Like I, Frank you know. Oz. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I didn't mean to. How many times did we see uh, baby uh, Yoda Grogu there get thrown this season? Oh jeez. As a puppet, I, I, like I like Grogu's little Kermit feet when he's walking. <laughs> so, <cute. laughs> so freaking cute. <laughs> Uh, really quick, because I, I didn't do mine really yet, but Mike, you and I, we have the same top three, so it's Empire, Rogue One, and then Star Wars. Well, that's all right. You can see the full art that way. Um, then, it, <laughs> then it goes uh, wrong, Revenge, Revenge of the Sith, uh, Last Jedi, Return of the Jedi, Force Awakens, Solo, Episode One, Episode Two, Rise of Skywalker, and then the Clone Wars uh, film that was released in theaters. But I will say, even though they're ranked like that, to me, there's not a bad Star Wars movie. It's still That's a good. Star Wars movie. So That's cool. Mm-hmm. And yet, and I just rank them because I have to rank them in some way. But That's kind of how I feel. Like I hate doing rankings because yeah. I could be in a shit mood and rank yeah. something terribly and then think yeah. about it a week later and be like, I want to redo that. <laughs> yeah, it all depends on like like what you're wa- like 
you could be watching Return of the Jedi today and like it more than any of the other ones because there's certain mm-hmm. things that are hitting you. You catch something and it's while you're more watching emotional. it yeah. that makes you like it more. And yeah. the thing, like when we were talking about Ewoks too, the thing I always think it's kind of funny with them too is that Endor, like the, the Force Men of Endor was originally supposed to be Kashyyyk. Yeah, with Wookiees. Yeah, yeah. And it was supposed to be Wookiees, but like he, they couldn't afford to do that. So well, that's why you get short. Well, plus they established. <laughs> Lucas also said because he established that they're like smart, like technology wise. And so yeah. when he established that, he realized, well, I can't really have them because he always thought about he wanted to have you know parallel a little bit to the Vietnam War of like this very like lesser like you know culture. You could and they, I'm putting air quotes because that's what mm-hmm. you know we came in with like machine guns and like tanks and they're beating us and keeping us at bay with like minimal weapons, mm-hmm. you know, and cause they knew the territory and that's kind of what he wanted to kind of like empathy like parallel and, and like kind of take from. Right. And he realized that Wookiees were already established to be like kind of smart technology wise. Cause one's a co-pilot. Right. So yeah. he, when he did that, he realized, well, I can't have them be, it's they'd be like, of course they beat the empire, the empire because they're, you know, they well, have weapons, you know, or they, they're it's interesting. Yeah, because now, how many times have we seen that the Wookies have been enslaved to go work in the mines? Yeah, because it's, it's like strength, they, they yeah. went opposite with what Lucas was thinking. Like the Empire's just like, well, oh, we just take all the Wookies and. Well, that, well, that's I think I think Lucas. I mean, I don't think Lucas. I mean, God bless him. You know, he never thought that hardly about the greater lore. Then no, I, than I can't. Just, I imagine his head spins anytime you see like what <laughs> I mean. Like, he, I think the Wookiees were always meant to be kind of slavish a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's always, been, I mean, I'm, I'm just like spitballing at that point. I think right. he always had them to be some kind of like you know enslavement in some ways. Um, you know, because again, like he's just he's only thinking about like the current, like at, not even like that, like two steps down necessarily. He's this, mm-hmm. I mean, he's always at that point, he's like this movie. And this is the original trilogy era. And I've I've studied and I, I don't say study lightly because I when when episode seven was announced, I had like went did my research on what Lucas just from a creative storytelling standpoint, what he where he was at, and like official, non-official, because I believe when there's smoke, there's fire, but I, I don't believe everything's mm-hmm. verbatim, right? But yeah. from what it, I gather is that he you know he had like rough ideas of things but when he when things got confirmed he would then he just would focus on what was in front of him and then kind of Mm -hmm. a loose a very loose idea what was ahead of him and then start to just as he got closer get get things more in line but things were all i mean things you know about lucas when you when you when you research his stuff it's always fluid it's never mm-hmm. like concrete. It's always changing. It's always moving. Yeah. And that's why you get instead of Wookiees, you get Ewoks because you realize, well, I can't have this. I got to do this now. I think if he was, if he was thinking ahead of time, he would already had that idea. Like, Oh, I can't use Wookiees. So I better start figuring this out before I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, we'll have them just be teddy bears. I mean, mm-hmm. like, which again, it's, 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 there's like a, to me again, I don't, and again, I'm only, I might be projecting this onto this, but it always felt like Lucas. I think Lucas wanted to be like kind of ironic that these cute little teddy bears beat the most Empire. likely. And, you know, I think that's. I'm pretty sure that's what his intention was. And people get pissed off about it, about that, but that's the whole point. Is that you can't take you can't take the will. 
was it, you know you, you said uh mike you said your second or second her favorite star wars movie was rogue one what does Jin say like you know she re- basically references the ewoks for mm-hmm. foreshadows them when right. like sakura says well, you know all it takes is one or a will and a sharp spear and they can you know anyone can overcome it's like that's exactly what lucas was saying yeah. and that's why they have the, the line in the movies because he wanted to emphasize yeah these things are look harmless but because they took their home away and they're they are compelled and committed the ewoks are going to over help the rebellion overcome and they will like they because they have the bigger will they will defeat the enemy so mm-hmm. it, it's really i think it's brilliant but people don't let's be real people don't think that hard about this stuff like as much as no, i know they you know so that's what i think reality. a lot of the problem with the fan base and it's something i did when the prequels came out was you come up with this thing in your head and what you want yeah, and you can't get past it. And that's a shame like that. I felt like, I feel bad that I felt that way when they first came out. Like I didn't, I didn't, like, I couldn't admit that I enjoyed these movies because of this preconceived notion of what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I remember we had that long gap and then they all of a sudden everything else started coming out. And I like the sequel trilogy is like, I went in blank slate and I enjoyed them for what they were. Solo yeah. came out. I remember the uproar, and I was like, "I enjoyed that." Like, I love Solo to death. <laughs> I love it. What is what is going on here? Well, I I think that you know the prequel trilogy will always be because we we came like you, you great point. I think the biggest problem is we all came with our expectations of what we expected. We expected Episode Three to be Episode One, right. and that was never the storyteller's intention. And we took we took it personally that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, and like when I say we, I mean like from a collective, like fan, yeah. or a large fan base. And you know, I I think that like again, that's why I go back to the whole like Star Wars is like it, you learn lessons of like maybe I should like, you know, because we're all you, you said you were a teenager. Same here, I was a teenager. I liked it. I liked it. I just didn't love aspects of it. And I think that's kind of like a lot of things with Star Wars in general. After the original trilogy, you grow up on something, um, and then you're like, oh, like after you get older and you know, they get these other things, it's not as good maybe, but it's still like close enough, you know? I mean, yeah. like th- to be honest, there's things about the prequel trilogy. I still don't like, like, like episode two, I still can't watch the Padme Anakin scenes. I, fa- I skip them every time. <laughs> I'm like, I can't take this. This is bad. Like all the court, all the Naboo stuff. I'm like, skip, skip. It's just, <laughs> I can't do it. You know? I mean, even some scenes of revenge of the Sith when they're on, t- we're on like the thing. She's like, she's all like big old eyes and like, and she's like brushing her hair. And I'm just like, Oh, skip. No, no, thanks. <laughs> like I'm not, I mean, Natalie Portman is, she just, she mails that one in, man. Whew. Yeah. But, but anyway, but like, but I think that the thing is again, back to Jedi, Jedi is that thing where it's kind of like, I, I go, I look at, I can see in retrospect as I get older, like I, I can understand why, you know, as you grew up on, you know, a, a new hope and you grow up in empire and you're, you get Jedi, it's like, huh! you know, but I just, I get it. But, but again, you have to grow up and you have to realize that this mm-hmm. is not meant for one audience. It's meant for such a base, like right. I say basic general audience. And, and Jedi, I think is the, to be honest, probably the best, like all around, like, general audience movie of maybe of the whole saga you could say i mean from like from an aspect of like having people like anyone could sit down like from any generation before yeah. you or like you know it, you could sit down and watch it it's like wizard of oz you know and then and that's original trilogy in star wars in general 
But I would say Return of the Jedi has that something for everyone at some point in that movie that they can mm -hmm. enjoy instead of just like, we're just going to have like this actor to, to appeal to a, to a male or female audience or, you know what I mean? Like, right. Instead of having that, you have like themes and like, and I, and like ideas instead of like an actor and have say some funny things to, to make or make take their shirt off to make them feel better. You know I mean? Like mm -hmm. that doesn't exist. And I love that about, about the return of the Jedi. It's, it really is about a movie where, uh, a grandpa, a grandma, an aunt, uncle, a father, son, you know, grand, you know, second cousin can all, you know, go and watch a movie together. Right. So I have a, a question about Return of the Jedi. Hmm. Uh -oh. Do gonk droids <laughs> feel pain in their feet? Yeah, dude. I think all droids feel pain. Exactly. Learning over time here. Because. That, that's been like kind of a. It's an interesting thing that they did yeah, in that. Cause... Yeah, like an like an ongoing like conversation we've had like with man with mando this past season and then uh with uh and or like with uh b2 emo and whatnot um but when i was like re-watching return of the jedi i don't remember the with the the gong troy that's like getting like tortured with its like feet getting burned and i remembered when i was a kid i was like wait does he feel that <laughs> does the gong troy feel that and then it was like blew my mind that like the gong droid could like feel like the burn on its feet um so I, I just remember that being like one of like the first things in the movie that like made me like really like think about the like the star wars universe at that point and like what right like everything was within that and i one of the other things that i i like about the opening of the movie too is that i like that there's kind of like this whole plan almost like this whole like oceans 11 type plan that like like luke leia and like doesn't make any sense but yeah, yeah. like that they've like all put together somehow that that was made off screen uh like luke's got his lightsaber hidden in r2 because he he knows he's gonna need it at this one point mm -hmm. um but i just like how this like whole plan was like made off screen before like as we come in and that like that 3po wasn't told about it at all because of course he would Get all get, get anxiety and one, and then like when R2 is like, wait, what? <laughs> so yeah, this can't be R2, you're playing the wrong message. He's like, Oh crap, what? <laughs> yeah. Now, like the other stuff in here too, with like Luke at the beginning, too, where he's like wearing all black, mm -hmm. um, there's a little bit of force choking. I know there's like like recent, like more recent, like there's been like some more debate, like how how much like, <coughs> kind of dark side kind of influence usage like luke is kind of sweet or not like sway to but like how kind of like riding the line he already is kind of like mm -hmm. with within mm -hmm. return of the jedi what do you guys think about that he definitely rides the line <sighs> this is this is a you, you could do a whole show on this to be quite <laughs> honest because because there's a couple th you, you can look at it from like the outside the box or outside of like baseball like inside baseball where you're looking at like from where lucas was and the creation like very with kasdan because at this time if you watch like i don't know if you guys remember this or whatever watched this but from jet from from star wars to jedi ever seen that making of documentary yeah. there's a part where um lucas is is doing the uh fitting for uh for luke for with Mark Hamill and he's wearing the into the all black and Lucas is saying this is what Jedi's wear. So he's referenced he says that in the in the behind the scenes. And if you look at the concept art for Phantom Menace at one point 
Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are wearing all black. Hmm. So this is where this is when I say thing, all things are fluid with fluid with Lucas. This is a great example of that because I, maybe I'm wrong. I, I'm, I'm almost, I, I would swear my, a lot of comics on this thing here that, that he says that to, in, in that making of documentary. And, um, and that's why you see it as a um, concept art for Qui-Gon and I think Obi-Wan in like Infinite Medicine, early, early concept stuff, mm. because they hadn't figured out what Jedi were going to wear necessarily. But Luca, but Lucas had that already in mind. But if you look at it from a, from an outsider standpoint, it is intentional in some way too. Like, well, is he dark side or not? It's, I don't know where Lucas was going for at this point. Mm. I don't, I just, well, I, I think it looks awesome to be honest. I mean, word up, but I mean, the problem is I don't know if that is necessarily was the intention or if that was both like Jedi were supposed, it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense though if it was, if it was, if it was the intention of, of you're trying to cross that line because of that yeah. comment Lucas makes in that documentary. So when he, so when I look at it now as a kid, I, I you know, this is the beauty of being a kid, right? And this is why I wish I could have, I bring out that I wish I could bring in the eight, the eight year old in me all the time, because you take things on fixed value. You don't just mm. sit there and go, actually, like, how <laughs> does this work? Like I was said the other day, like um, uh, I was watching the it documentary and I'm like, as you know, before I'm like scared to death of something, but now I'm like, well, actually, how would that work? Cause I'm like, well, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's just whatever. Right. It's just being a kid. Um, I'm overanalyzing everything to death. So yeah. as a kid, you're going to you're gonna see Luke walk in and all black. You're just going to be like, Oh, he's wearing all black now. Cool. Like right. at least I'm assuming anyway, that's what I did. And then as I've gotten older, but then I remember hearing that when I was a kid about what Lucas said to, to Mark and then the fitting. And then when all of a sudden the Jedi show up with, casual robes which i think is a, a better take to be honest yeah i don't know what you, if you, i think you retcon if you want to use a comic book term uh retcon that into it's you don't know where he's blurring the lines like i almost feel in my and again i'm not sure if they've explained this or not but it almost feels like they all black is like luke does himself doesn't know what a jedi is supposed to wear yeah like it's like he's my just take like, yeah is uh it was originally called Revenge of the Jedi. Yeah. So that's probably where Lucas's mind was, was he's out for revenge, so he's going to wear this sleek black outfit. That's, yeah, that's a good point, man. And then, like, later he's like, well, wait, Jedi don't go go with revenge, so let's change it to Return of the Jedi. Uh, I forgot. Didn't someone have to tell him that? Like, yeah, Howard Fisher can, or something? Can can can, can, uh, can we, Okay, I can't sort of okay. I don't know. Yeah, someone told him like, oh, they don't have. It's a per, it's a guy. It was a guy. It was a head guy. One of the head like people under underneath him at Lucasfilm who were at the time was able to tell him no. Um, that he probably trusted, and I think he said it was a. I want to say one of them said it was a weak title. I think it was, and I think it, I think it was that's it was Howard was his name mm. first name Canadian Can- Can- oh, I can't say I can't, I can't mm-hmm. it. let's hold this title and change it out years from now and just change the word Jedi to Sith. That'll be a good title, <laughs> dude. When they when they when they announced Revenge of the Sith, I was like, hell yeah! It's like poetry. Well, it rhymes. It's so good. It's <laughs> or so Blue good. Harvest as it was shipped to theaters in. <laughs> oh yeah, I like that. And then I just like because that way they don't have to tell anybody what movie they were shooting. But then I like yeah. how Family Guy 
used that when they did their mm-hmm. their Star Wars, Wars stuff. Yeah. And then, I remember working at the theater. For getting, that, if you know, you know. The film canisters coming for like Star Trek and big movies has the wrong name on them because they were afraid people were going to steal them from the truck. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because when, when we worked at the movie theater and we got the reels for Revenge of the Sith, I remember it had like a different name on there. I don't remember what it was now. I do remember building that and watching it by myself like two days before the movie came out. <laughs> And so That's I, awesome. so I ended up, I had seen the movie three times by the, the time it came out. So, technically you were supposed to do that for the like quality assurance to make sure that you built it correctly. Yep. So yeah, you, it, you have to, but yeah. You're paid to do it. Yeah. Hey, I saw uh, Revenge of the Sith probably like eight times in the theater. I'm not even joking. That's probably the one of the most, like I loved, I adore that movie to death. So. I think Mark and I watched it three or four times in a two day span. Yeah, that's what I did. I watched it every day from like from the day it came out for me. So, so good. Uh, one of, I know this is kind of getting away from Jedi, but one of the cool experiences from Revenge of the Sith was watching that at a drive-in, because mm. like this the scenes like with uh, Padme and Anakin uh, on Mustafar near the end, they it was all like echoing through like the forest behind the, the drive-in. Mm. So it made Never that been. scene like so more like dramatic just because it it sounded like you were like in this like cavernous area where like Padme and Anakin had like this whole like dialect going back. So I was, it made it like a little bit more, I don't know, like immersive, I guess, than when I was watching it in a indoor theater. That's um, cool. Never been to a drive-in, so I don't know. Oh, oh wow. You you still <laughs> live you still live next to that drive-in. Go to it. It's good. Never been. It's fun. It's fun. I remember because then, the, like Mark said, we lived next to a drive-in, and I, the movie theater we worked at was owned by the same company as the drive-in. But the drive-in ticked us off all the time because they'd come like we'd have to make like garbage cans full of popcorn because they're in last-minute request all the time. So whenever they'd be like, "Okay, you're shipping this film to us today," we'd make sure we gave them like the scratched copy because they were so mad. Like we were still just like jerks to them. That's hilarious. Because something would always break, and they'd always call us last second. We'd have to go over there. Then rough. We were just a holes to them. Now, what are your what are your guys' opinion of the Jedi Rocks sequence at at Jabba's palace? in the special what? edition version because i i know in the like the despecialized original uh version well yeah i got, I got the specialized trilogy right here my question for you a question to the question is what value does it add to the movie amazingness <laughs> are, 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 Mark, are you like, are you a jedi rocks guy yeah, I like this. <laughs> I'll play that. I'll play. I'll play some Jedi Rocks, and I'll play Augie's Great Municipal Band right after that. I love Augie's Great Municipal Band. Yeah, yeah. Augie's Great Municipal that, Band. You got Jedi Rocks. I just like you got, what you CG shot straight into that dude's mouth. <laughs> the yuzum. Yeah, I just, I just don't know. For me, it's like okay, it's a scene, but what did it add? Why did we need this? You needed to see how cool Jabba's sail barge. Or was that even on the sail barge? It wasn't on the sail barge yet. Um, I, I, I'm kind of with 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 stuff like that. I'm indifferent because I grew up on Lofty Neck, you know, 
like I grew up on. You know, like that, that's like I love the like the more disco version. Like I think I love that version right. a lot because I just grew up on it. I think it looks aesthetically a little bit better just for me. I, I love the original Sice Noodles. Um, that being said, I don't hate Jedi Rocks. It's just a, it's no, abrasive. It's just, it's abrasive, but it comes down to like the it's like the artist wanting to do what he wants to do, which yeah. is I actually always wanted it to be more of like a more funny, humorous, like like you know, straight up like it's a it's an actual musical, it's a music song, like almost like a musical <laughs> in the middle of a Star Wars movie. That was always my intention, but I never had enough money and the time to develop mm. it. Now I do. I can do tech, yeah. yeah, tech. I now I now I can do all that. So I'm gonna do what the hell I want. I'll throw some pictures of Boba Fett to make you happy, and then uh, <laughs> and then I'm gonna go with it. And I think I've just I didn't love. I don't love it. I've accepted it, and I'm cool with it now. I I just watched it before we came on the show, and um, I forgot I, about it until I watched it again. To be honest, yeah, I, I I'm fine with it. It's fine. It's it's. I like the Yuzum because the Yuzum is supposed to be from Endor, so it's kind of a cool little yeah. like you know thing from there. So that's neat. Um, it also from Empire or from uh, Star Wars Jedi. There's a, um, there, when they're it shows them prepping uh, Jabba's uh, uh, palace. They actually put the Yuzum, like they, it shows them connecting the Yuzum to the ceiling or to the wall. So it's just oh, hanging yeah. out there. So it's supposed to be like you know like a denizen or whatever of. Uh, of um Jabba's palace but actually it's like just standing there just a, it's just a dead puppet it's like <laughs> you know a but i don't yeah, i don't know if it's on i don't know if it's in the original original edit or not if it, if it maybe it's in the it's barely in the background i bet just kind of standing there you can't tell mm -hmm. if it's even moving but i don't yeah. think it is i think it's just hanging out there so that's why they they grabbed the yes and they said hey let's use this guy and yeah so i i thought listen it's not amazing I'm a Max Rebo guy. I love Max Rebo. So like I felt like he got the short change of it though. Cause it's to me, it's Max Rebo was more front and center in the Lofty Neck version. And in mm -hmm. this one, he's kind of like, you know, but, uh, but it, it's fine. Max Rebo has been, been getting his, his uh, day in the sun recently, like between book of Boba Fett. And uh, there's just a little, Mike and I were just talking about it, but there's a little Max Rebo, uh, Easter egg in the Star Wars Visions Volume Two in the Ardman animations short. There's a little Max Rebo action in that one. Um, yeah, I, I think I saw a thing recently too. Is like he's he's is he playing with his feet too? Yeah, like he doesn't have he doesn't have feet? arms. He has he has yeah. like feet. That Just he's feet. Like, yeah, his feet <laughs> are his arms. Yeah, so he so he has like his he has no like he has no arms. He just has feet. So. I guess what it comes down for me is at this time was the same time Spielberg was editing the guns out of like E.T. And then put them back. And then put them back. So it was just all like right. it was at the time of transition where all these movies were being like modified. And I was like, why? They were so good. Why are you changing them? That's that's what emotions it brings up in me. You know, I think that and that is such a great like it's it is such a great debate because there's i think there's value in both you know like i'll bring up another uh artistic medium here well the me medium of film or not film sorry uh music um my buddy uh, you know i grew up on pearl jam 10 the album right like if and if you guys are any familiar with music at all 
uh, I used to be in bands, so I know like the ins and outs a, a little bit. I'm not like a, an expert by any means, but I know a decent amount about recording and, and all that kind of crap, you know. And it's just funny because when you listen to Pearl Jam 10, it's just like the, the, the mixing on that album is weird. It's just weird. And it's great, but it's very much of its time for mainstream rock, you know? So like things are like not as loud as they need to be. And it's just not, right. Pearl Jam has a lot of like aggressive raw sounds that people at the time, maybe when they listen to that record, we're like, that's not really Pearl Jam. So when they put out like, you know, <laughs> Vitology, it's like, what the hell is this? It's like, it's like, so they've always been there. But anyway, I say that because um, about by a number of years ago, my buddy was telling me, I, we were just chatting one day, chatting one day and we we're talking about Pearl Jam. He's like, yeah, man, you listen to like the remaster. And when people say remaster, I'm always, or, re, or re, remixing remaster, I'm like, right, my hair remaster, I'm like, you made some levels go up like, a couple decibels big deal right like what is that he's no 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 no. this is not a remaster this is a full re uh this is a remix right so we were talking when you talk about remixing that is a whole different animal remixing of an app that makes I will, you know for those who don't know for layman's people out there and this is no insult to, to whatever but if you know what a mix is know. the mix is like the heart of the song essentially it means like what's what do you hear prominently is what the mix is like do the guitars go up is a bass down more is the drums like, you know whatever right we listen to that album oh, i listened to the re, re, the remix the the, the, new, the new mix that the band basically wanted to do it to do a better job it's a, almost not a completely different record but it's a it sounds radically different a lot right and at the same time i think it sounds effing amazing I love 10 and I'm like, I love this, but I also will always have an affinity for that original recordings. I listened to when I was a kid and I love, right. Because there's something about like having lots of reverb on something that doesn't have to need to be there, but I grew up on it. Right. So mm -hmm. I say all that just to explain that when you look at, I do these things that these artists do now. Yes. I think there's, I, you have to value and respect because that's what they own. They just, they have earned their right to modify what they want because mm -hmm. it's not my vision. It's their vision. I, I always have the previous one and, yeah. and, and people will say like, well, how is it? Yeah. You can go online and get one. You can get these things. It's not like it's you know <laughs> that hard. Let's be real here. Y'all. Um, but the thing is, like there's value to that too because you grew up on that. And I do feel like Disney and Lucasfilm will eventually do it. It's a it's just an inevitable. Probably when Lucas, I hate to say it, when he dies, that's probably when it will happen. Um, not like the day of, obviously, or the week <laughs> after, but it's gonna happen a couple of years after he probably passes. Um, out of respect, which I I totally get. Um, but at the same time, I feel like there's value to what George kept doing. Cause he just, he, I just love the fact he always wanted to make improve on it and try in his, in his mind. There's there's cool. There's a, it's a cool, like artistic, like punk rock like thing about that, that I love. And at the same time, I'm also like, well, kind of like what I grew up on too. So I, I, I see value mm -hmm. in both and I think both are important. It just depends on what you prefer and your preference is whatever. But I think people right. will be like, what are you going back and do it? Well, it's because they can, they can, and they should, and they, and doesn't mean you'll ever they should ever detract from what you love before either. So I no, I, <laughs> I have the note here, like watching it again on its 40th anniversary, however I watched it, you still have to appreciate what they accomplished in 1983. Com like we're so desensitized to CGI these days 
that you watch this and it's like, oh, this is really bad by compared to like, but then if you think about it, it's like computers were barely a thing. Mm -hmm. And look what they did. Yeah. And it's still, it just blows my mind what they were able, like what inventions came from Star Wars, what for sound and visuals, like the literal creation maybe of tentpole movies where people are lined up around the block. Like what he was able to do back then it's just astounding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No matter how bad you think the movie is, you have to put that in perspective. Yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, and like one of the, like one of the other things that like I even saw Mark Hamill like post about it again recently, like the other day with uh, like during like the whole salvage sequence uh, with like Luke when he's like kicking the ghost kick. Ghost kick. <laughs> yeah, the force like kick. That, he's like, this is a perfectly executed force kick. I'm using a force <laughs> kick to kick. That's always just what I thought he was doing when I was a kid too. I was like, I didn't see any mistake. Make mistake. There. I never saw like, it until like five years ago. So I didn't know about it until down. Mark Hamill posted it. <laughs> I was yeah. like, God, don't do that to me. It's like when you when I, when I watched the the Batman '89 stuff with special features with Tim Burton, and he brought yeah. up the purple dot on Joker. That's right there when he goes when he reveals himself as the Joker, and it's a purple dot. And I, I was like. Oh, and then after, even afterwards, like now that I've told you, you'll never not see it again. And I was like, God damn, it, Tim, you're right. He's like, now I see, I only see that when that scene happens. He's but, like, I have to live with this. So do you. It, that's exactly why he did it. Is he? It bothered him for that long. He's like, I'm gonna make all you mother effers see the same thing I do. So, but, exactly. So, it. so the the next thing here too is that I know there like there's two different camps about the character of Boba Fett that one like people actually like the character or two he's just aesthetically cool looking but as like other than that like he's a cool action like when i when i was a little kid that's all i liked about both i was like i was like oh this is a cool action figure we didn't know anything about him yeah um but like i wasn't like a attached to that character at all and like he he goes out like such a like such a, a chump in that movie i mean he's he didn't die because if you watch book of boba fit uh, <laughs> he climbed out of the starlight pit uh but i i i've always liked that scene return of the jedi where like he just gets like taken out so easily with like his jetpack and he goes like flying into the sail barge and then falls into the, the sarlacc pit with beak or without beak either, either way it's it's fine um <laughs> but i've i've always liked the, the way that the boba fett gets taken out in return of the jedi what what are your opinions paul and then mike i always feel bad because mike because I, I i i will talk forever if you guys don't know my any of my shows I, I it takes a lot to shut me up so uh i, I got a mute button don't worry Oh, excellent. Okay, just mute me and tell me to shut up and it's your turn. I, I, I was wanting to let you go first because I, I won't shut up. Um, it, this is this is a loaded question because there the two camps. There's the other the, the one who opposes. Obviously, the opposing camp will always say he doesn't do anything. And you know what? Like I don't think it really matters to be quite honest because I always say that Boba Fett carried star wars i mean i mean that like he carried star wars like i think from a merchandising like kind of standpoint for from basically 94 to about 99 in my opinion oh yeah um, like the, the power of the force 
reflection. What, what I mean, like just in general, like just because if you, you know, if you guys are, you know, about a little about my age, it sounds like, but when I was a kid, four like, years older, younger, four years younger. Okay. So I'm 41. I'm not sure if you, I was born in 82. So when I was in, yeah. So I, when I was in middle school, Boba Fett was on everything. He was on t-shirts. He was on, he was front and center on every like you know he has own mini series and or not even mini, he, they were mini series on dark horse but they're basically like a four issue mini series every like three times a year which is basically an ongoing series but whatever <laughs> right? i digress but like you had that you had tons of other random like merchandising like mugs toys and he let's see here like he was like literally front he was all over the place shadows the empire they he was heavily all were uh, marketed on that like through the video game and for um the books and the comics like they even though even though he's not even technically barely he's not even technically in shadows of the empire novel he's on the freaking cover yeah so he really did i mean besides like the main the main people um the main you know the main the big three and chewbacca whatever like he was star wars and he helped carry the you know without having a film, and they they went to the well with that a lot. I can there's plenty of Star Wars stuff that I got from the mid nineties that Boba Fett's all over, and that's why he's all over the specialized editions as well, right? So because he's all over, you know, they brought in that extra random scene in Empire. He's in A New Hope. He's in, in Return of the Jedi. Like he is he is the unsung hero from the mid nineties, and people always will say like, boof, I don't do anything. Well, yeah, you can say that all you want. And I think that's fair to say, but uh, he was popular as hell and he carried, he helped carry Star Wars during through like the dark times or from the dark times, but from 83 or about 84, 85 to like 94, like the, nothing carried Star Wars at that point, essentially. Mm -hmm. But when the dark, when the dark times ended, that's when Boba Fett helped carry Star Wars to Phantom Menace and people who say they don't that they just did. I'm sorry, you're just you don't you weren't there, or you just don't <laughs> want to admit it. This is reality, right. but um, we wouldn't have the series we have on Disney Plus now without him, the Mandalorian. Exactly, and 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 there's a <laughs> and there's a reason why Robert Rodriguez love. I mean, that's a whole again, a whole different podcast, but Robert, Robert Rodriguez. But um, but there's a reason why he loves him, and because. And he and he likes comics. He likes that stuff. Like yeah. Robert Rodriguez, like is 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 a G. You know, even though I don't agree with everything he did aesthetically wise and book of Boba, book of Boba Fett, um, he he obviously liked what came out at besides Return of the Jedi, and I think that's where a lot of that stuff comes from. Um, so I and there's a couple. Of, the last thing I'll say, and I'll throw it to you, Mike. And again, I'm so sorry for talking way too <laughs> You're long. You're good. No, oh. you take you take your time. You're so boxing. No, thank you. Thank you. Um, I really do appreciate that. Um, the thing, other thing I remember too, I, I talked about George Lucas, you know, only focusing on at, at that moment. And, you know, if, for those who don't know, Return of the Jedi, one of the reasons why it, it has what it has from a conclusion standpoint is because he was done making Star Wars at that time. He at the point before, so he got divorced during Jedi, or I think, yeah, I think during Jedi he was getting divorced, um, and he just adopted his first child. And he, at that time, when his wife and him um, the, were separated and about ready to divorce, um, he pretty much said, "I'm done. I want to take a break." 
and all the plot subplots he had that he was doing through Empire, he had to wrap all of them up in one movie. And Boba Fett was always one of the, again, I don't know. I This is just me just kind of taking different things and things that he said later on. But my assumption is that he always was supposed to play a bigger part in somewhere in his mind, but never, but it was never like, he never had it all planned out in his head, but he always had it there. And in, in how they developed him, because you look at, you know, look at like um, when, when Yoda says there's another in empire that was supposed to be literally a brand new character from um, Luke's sister was supposed to be a brand new character that he was supposed to go find after Jedi. But because he was like, I'm done making Star Wars, I'm done. He was like, I got to figure out, I got to wrap that subplot up, uh, Leia. <laughs> that makes that's, sense. That, that and makes yeah, it makes sense. But, and there was, and so I say all that because Lucas at that time just needed to wrap things up. So Boba Fett, like, I, I think Boba Fett is just kind of like a, you know, like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Just kind of a. Uh, I can't think of the word right now, but he's, he's, he's that's he's you know, and it's a bystander, you could say, of that, of that, mm. what happened because I don't think he he didn't think he was kind of like a casualty. Casualty, thank yeah. you. I couldn't think of the word. He's a casualty of war, essentially. He's like, well, you know what? I can't really do anything with this afterwards, so I gotta get rid of him. So, you know, get him out of here. Let's just have to do some fun with it. So, I feel that's what happened. And then after him, you know, adopting more kids and wanting to go back to Star Wars. That's when he went back and gave that whole Django, you know, he's there's again, there's an interview with him from MTV movie, the MTV, uh, if you can even look it online, uh, if you Google, um, special edition MTV special, whatever, if you just do something like that, you'll see like a half hour, 20 minute version of it, of like all the big three doing modern interviews in the nineties with George. And George even said, like, I, I'll, I'll never forget it. He always says, I'm mystified by Boba, Boba Fett's popularity. And he says there, well, yeah, he does rep- He does have importance in, the, in, you know, which he doesn't say what it is, but obviously the clones. Um, but I don't think at the time that was ever the thing. But maybe it was. But, but, but regardless, he had to get rid of him really fast. Because I don't think, because even then, I think he even told, he later on talked about, he he almost had a part where in the in the Jedi Special Edition, where Boba Fett was going to walk out of the pit. Like that was, he said he was really close to adding that in, but he, he didn't. And so um, that I know for, I, I remember him saying, like, I almost had that, but I decided against it, which I'm glad he did, to be honest. But um, but at the same time, when I was a kid, when, it came, when the Special Editions came out, I would have loved that. But that would yeah, have been like I, the equivalent of like a like an end tag scene. Exactly. Or kind of the Jedi, you just see mm-hmm. at, the, at the very end of the, the credits, you see Boba Fett climb out of the Sarlacc yeah. pit. So, Boba so Fett will return. Yeah. So the last thing right. I, say to, I will say is that I don't people he he is he carried Star Wars for he helped. I would say he carried himself, but he heavily, heavily helped Star Wars break, like keep going during to the prequel trilogy. And to me justified his importance in this, in the saga forever after that, because people just grab You can't, cause listen, you can't, you cannot, you cannot predict what people will gravitate towards. You can't, if you did, you would, you would do something with it. Right. So when people gravitate towards a character that just, you just got to run with it. And I think people mm-hmm. just gravitated towards Boba Fett and it just kind of happened, nat- happened naturally. So it doesn't matter if he did anything in, in movies or not. he, the truth is he's a big character because people gravitated towards him and liked him and they emphasize his 
and Lucasfilm led in or leaned into it in the '90s. So he's important. Nice. <laughs> Mike, I don't disagree. He is very important because, like I said, we wouldn't have the Mandalorian season series mm-hmm. without him. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, with the more the Mandalorian season reveals about the Mandalorian, for me, Boba Fett becomes this mystery. Is he a real Mandalorian? Did he go through all that? Or did he just like put his dad's stuff on because that's what he saw his dad wear? Just, just I don't know. Maybe someone might know. I just don't know. Because he, he, yes, he's a clone of Jango Fett. But does that make him a Mandalorian just because he's the same person in a way? And for me, Book of Boba Fett kind of hurt Boba Fett personally because that series like i was like torn by that series but i i remember is it watching these the first time i watched them being like just like oh that's a badass boba fett's a badass as a kid like i knew nothing about him Mm -hmm. i didn't do read the comics i didn't do anything i just remember being like boba fett's a badass to the point where until i moved jobs two jobs ago i had a little boba fett figurine on my desk at work and i misplaced that unfortunately he was guarding my desk at all times. Hmm. But it's just the more that gets released on the Mandalorian, the more I rethink Boba Fett is my where I'm at. That's fair though. I think that's a fair thing to say. Um because but because basically the Mandalorian is Boba Fett. Like he is yeah. I feel like what while you were talking, not to interrupt. No, you're good. Yeah, go ahead. I felt like this is what like Boba Fett, the Mandalorian is what Boba Fett's story was supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. But Mm -hmm. for whatever, like because he was eaten, they couldn't do it until Robert Rodriguez was like, no, he can come out. Well, that's, I mean, (laughs) if you think about it, like how the Mandalorian is walks and talks is, is very much kind of what he is in Empire Strikes Back. And, you know, he's obviously not as like, doesn't sound as like as as as, as um, emotionless as or he's not as emotionless as Boba is. Uh, I would say at that time, but that's the Mandalorian is per, no doubt about it. The the '90s Boba Fett that we all like loved, you know. Right. But but just with a heart of gold, essentially, you know. <laughs> add that add that element, and he is. I mean, because Boba Fett. Because if you don't if you don't make him a clone of of Jango, that's who the Boba Fett is. Right. So I, I don't, so Boba Fett plays a, because he, but because he's a clone, he has, but I see, I like that. I like the fact that, that he's not, he's not this, like this, this, the, the Mandalorian character, because I do like, there is, there is a uniqueness to Boba Fett and that whole clone mm-hmm. thing. There's just, it's just something cool about that. Like Boba Fett is a clone and it gives like a connection to the, to the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy that is retroactive, but still it's cool mm-hmm. that like, Oh, there's still a clone. You know what I mean? The whole Clone Wars thing, the, all the clones right. or whatever, it's all represented with Boba Fett because he's there, right? So mm-hmm. that's cool. Um, yeah, I, I think it was a very... The thing with being with George, and, and again, Jedi is, is a great example of this, he just takes chances and doesn't care. He's like, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to full on, like, everyone expects, like, Boba Fett to be like, he's the guy, like, he's like, he's a Western, he's a, he's a Clint Eastwood with a helmet, blah, blah, blah. He's like, actually, no, he's actually going to be a clone of another guy. He's just going to, you know, <laughs> probably have millions of them. And it's like, hmm. But, but, but 
at the time it's like kind of a bummer because again you, that expectation right right but when, as you get older and you start looking and you start realizing like yeah that probably is a lot more like it's not it's not as predictable and like as a creative person myself in a very small like you know in music or like in my own comic writing whatever mm-hmm. like i can tell you that that i can i i mean in a very small way that I, I can respect and understand why someone would be like, no, I don't want to do the, the I don't want to go the, the route everyone wants me to because no, yeah, it's, it's better to have something that is personal to you. Exactly. Don't, don't feed them. Like don't cater to the masses in a sense, like and make think, it but, yours and then people will accept it eventually. And think about this. We, and because he went that route, we get the Mandalorian. And I think that's a much better story. I'd rather, yeah. I'd, I'd much rather prefer what's just assume that like, if he's not a clone, that that the Mandalorian in this alternate universe we're, we're we'd be living in that'd be Boba Fett. It wouldn't be as impactful, I think. To be right. honest, you know, it's like all of a sudden, like Boba Fett's a good guy, which they try <laughs> well, to do. Well, yeah. they try to do that a little bit in this with this whole gangster angle, mm-hmm. but I mean, I but I gotta tell you, there, there's I won't go on too much of a tangent, but I would say there's parts of Book of Boba Fett that I think are brilliant, straight up brilliant. That second episode is an all timer, man. Like, I I've loved I love that episode. I straight up. Love I have to go it. back and watch it because I was so like I enjoyed it. I I talked I talked down to it because I was like, but Boba Fett was up here for me. Like, sure, he was my like all time. Like that guy's just so awesome. And again, it's comes down to the expectations thing we keep talking about. Mm-hmm. I was like, book of Boba Fett's gonna just be this amazing badass story, which it was, but it didn't meet what I thought of Boba Fett. It had weak moments. It had weak moments. But I would Which, say the episode that I'm talking about has weak moments. Of course, of course. Um, <laughs> and, and and the thing is, like when you look at like the episode where Boba Fett's like he's not in, he's not in costume, but he's just he's just learning the ways of the, of the Tuscan Raiders, and the very end where he's dancing with them. I was like, I thought that was, that was a people, and I, more people I talk to who like, don't like that series, they tend to always agree. Like, yeah, that episode was pretty good. Like, and that. I that to me remember. sold like the first episode's fine. It was fun. That second episode's what sold me on it. And the third episode's not good. The, the <laughs> mi- whole middle's not great. The last couple episodes, I mean, obviously the Mando ep- the, the Mando episodes, you could say, are, are great, obviously. But I think the last episode's pretty good too. Uh, I think it's not like you know, you know, all timer, but it's really good. It's really good. So yeah. Bubba Bit rides a rancor. What can you say? I mean, come on. Yeah. To for me at least to to wrap up the Boba Fett, <laughs> Boba Fett. Talk before we get to the next bit. Mark's gonna mute us. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just that, that I think the like the Filoni's Clone Wars animated series helped uh, me with Boba Fett a lot too because it helped expand a lot of um, like what he wanted as a character to and like because he's a clone of his of his dad and because the clone armies are all of his dad. Like that's kind of gives him like another reason for wanting to be like his own person because of that. So I, I liked that whole aspect of with, with the clone wars with Mm -hmm. like Boba Fett being expanded upon there and being able to, you know, just get a little bit more agency is how did he become a Mandalorian? Did he go through the ritual, or is it just the transitive property? He just, oh, my dad was a Mandalorian. 
I'm my dad technically, so I'm a Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, and then like the the next thing that I had wanted to talk about was just like a it's kind of like a brief uh, thing just that I thought was kind of interesting that I had um, noticed before is like throughout New Hope, then Empire, uh, then Return to the Jedi with um, basically how Obi-Wan uh, appears to Luke. So like after like Luke or not after Luke, but after Obi-Wan has, has died in A New Hope and Luke's trying to just, at that point first becoming kind of um learning the ways of the force he can only hear obi-wan's voice at that point but not like see like a visual representation of obi-wan and then mm -hmm. in return and then in empire he kind of sees a, a little bit more of like a he sees a ghost uh force ghost of obi-wan um that's a little bit more like you know like faded out more translucent and whatnot um and then as he gets even more kind of learning the ways of the force by return of the Jedi. Like what we want is almost, he's not corporal, uh, corporeal, whatever. Uh, he's not <laughs> like, he can't, he's not like, you can't physically touch him yet, but he, he basically looks like Obi-Wan of a new hope just with like a blue glow around him at that point. So it, I don't know if it's, I think it's been like a theory where it's just basically as Luke, um, we kind of becomes more attuned to the force through the, those three movies. That's how he's better able to see uh, Obi-Wan and the way that Obi-Wan appears to him after he's died in a new hope. They kind of touch on that in the Obi-Wan series with Qui-Gon. It's like, now that you're ready, I can teach you the rest of this. Like, like I've been here the entire time, the entire time. <laughs> But you've been the entire time I was in the cave by myself. <laughs> but yeah, that that was just something that I thought was kind of randomly interesting, uh, just about the way that like Luke can see or hear Obi Wan, uh, like his Force Ghost connection throughout like the original trilogy, and like how after it becomes like, and, and where the whole you certain only point see of Force Ghosts of your master, or can like just random Jedi like hey. I'm this guy. I'm a ghost. Or people dude. that, or people that were, <laughs> that you have some kind of connection with, since he only sees Obi Wan, Yoda, and, and his dad. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it's um, it's an interesting concept. The Force goes. So I remember an interview where there was talk of making Harrison Ford come back as a Force ghost, but he yeah, has no. I don't want to get into Rise of Skywalker, but like he kind of, sort of, kind of is maybe a force ghost in rise of skywalker he's not it's i wouldn't say it's a force ghost or necessarily just like a force vision i would say man it yeah i would man i i, I could go on for days about rise of skywalker <laughs> in a good way like i i'm like a its biggest defender which you know i'll i will i will go to war with anything about rise of skywalker and i have <clears throat> so um i would say that was a little different because Leia's sacrifice is tied yeah. with that. So yeah. I think I think she she knew where he was at the time, and she, she kind of knew as and, and that's why her her death. People always complain about oh, it doesn't make sense, and like part of it I understand 
I understand why people don't, don't like it because that part a lot because they the, it doesn't make sense. But I always say I don't need a PowerPoint presentation of like how the force works for me to like <laughs> right. know like what's going on and like the same thing like what happened in New Hope right when Obi Wan disappears like why are people gonna be pissed off about that what's going on I don't know what's going on with this like that's my biggest thing about it it's like well were you up in arms about that right. I mean so it's just it's out of nowhere it doesn't make any sense and so. <laughs> You ex- but you take it on face value because you're a freaking kid when you I'm assuming right. when you're watching it. So that anyway. Um, so I think that that is more tied with with Leia's sacrifice. And I think not not saying that she brought Han from the dead, but I think she right. brought like that, like a memory, like something like that. And is using that for because that's what Han would say, essentially. Right. Like it's almost yeah. like. A forced vision, maybe a vision is probably a good way of doing it. So it's not Han per se, but it's 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 his his uh, what is um, his uh, what are they like in the Superman? What does Jorel say? It's his uh, it's his, not his conscious, but it's like uh, like, it's, you know what I mean, like something like that. It's like his yeah. uh, something like that, where it's like it's not him per se, but it's like his like you know everything else you know whatever so his essence yeah. essence yeah his essence is is, is is han's essence essentially so um so yeah i i don't i don't prescribe that i love the theory i think it's great i don't know if that's intentional does that make sense right. it, mm-hmm. yeah. you could retcon it and have it make and have it work and i think that's cool and i'd be totally fine if lucasfilm decided to do that but i don't think that was ever again Lucas isn't thinking that far. <laughs> I love right. him. I love him to death. And he, but he's not thinking. He's not that like ahead. Of, if he was, he would never have sold Star Wars to Disney. And, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, the one, with all the deaths in Star Wars for the Jedi, there's a meme that floats around with Yoda when he dies about it's a parenting one. Oh, that's like, amazing. <laughs> that's a great one, man. Oh, my God. It's like, as a parent... I totally understand why after 9,000 questions, Yoda was just like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> like the more my daughter gains cognitive ability and is thinking more, the more I'm like, you got to stop with the questions. <laughs> Give me 10 minutes to answer all of them before you oh, ask me. another one. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> I, my daughter's the same. She's three. She's I'm the same way, man. And like, I'm awesome. glad you have all these questions. I'm so excited, but you just asked 130 seconds. but yeah it's a lot and then so like the the other thing that i that i really liked in return of the jedi is like the whole uh, speeder bike sequence that we get on the Mm -hmm. forcement of endor uh and like when i went to san francisco a few years ago back in like 2017 then we i made sure that we went to mirror woods just because i knew like parts of the film had been been shot there and i wanted to be able to go to, to to endor basically um so like like when we did go to there i was like geeking out the entire time just like walking around the the forest mm-hmm. there be like man i'm on on freaking indoor you were like were uh, you know, ben from parks and rec yeah were you <laughs> no this no forgive me because i've been i've traveled to that area quite a bit like a couple number of times is mirror woods in the redwoods or is that the one close to like the the grounds of lucasfilm it's uh yeah it's closer to lucasfilm Okay, I think I think I hiked that that area with my buddy uh, a while back. Um, 
but the redwoods itself like i've yeah. been to, there was a couple a lot of that place is gone um a lot of the filming locations are gone they've burned down yeah um or or they they chopped them down or whatever it's something weird like that there are a couple i think there are a couple places that they did film some scenes from and like there's like a there's one where i don't know if it's a speeder bike but i want to say it was something like that where we for my bachelor party actually we actually went to redwoods and went to endor and nice. Nice. there was a time where my wife and i also went a different time too but um there was one time where uh the um we went to this it's like it's a, it's like a little trail it's like it's very out of nowhere but it's it's like i, I would the best way i can explain it it's called a park you could say or or whatever but you walk in and it's a little trail and it's just a circular trail but trees are ginormous and you feel like you're an indoor like yeah. I, or or you're in a fantasy of something it's so cool man if, if for people out there you know i, I forgot what the park's called i've gone there a couple of times and every time i go there i just i like i just i start grinning because it definitely i it I, I could see them filming scenes from red jedi there if it wasn't used right. i'm pretty sure it was I, it could have been used easily but yeah the redwoods are it's it's incredible i love it i, I want to i always want i always want to go back and camp there i love the redwoods so yeah the yeah. indoor i call it indoor indoor is amazing so yeah. but yeah near woods you should there. just change it to indoor that'd be yeah. rad i'd be all about it <laughs> uh and then like the the next thing that i that, like once they're on indoor that i like in the movie too is like when uh 3po kind of basically does like his his recap of star wars up until that oh, point so good and he has like the like he has like a, a soundboard basically essentially of, right of what's happened there. So he's got like Darth Vader's sound effect in there. He's got the lightsaber. lightsaber sound effect. Oh, so it was like, it was like his has three PO just been recording this like audio <laughs> this entire time. Probably. So just... Well, I mean, Darth Vader is probably his. I mean, it's his his vocals got to be available to the mass audio mass public of the of the yeah, galaxy because he's Darth Vader. I mean he's not like he's not it's like he's, an underground entity, you know, he's he's known if you look at their chest plates, they're similar. Just one's gold plated, one's yeah. black and silver knobs. They're similar looking. I mean Vader is three PO's dad. He did make them true. He could have he could have put that voice in there and then later he's like, oh I already know a perfect voice for when I <laughs> Uh, like the other thing too with the, the Ox is just that that wicket wicket rules, and <laughs> I I am glad that uh that they brought Wicket back for Rise of Skywalker as well too, and that like Warwick Davis even was able to bring in I don't remember which one of his kids it was, but that he was able to the son I think yeah have his, have, his, have his son in there with him as like Wicket's son, uh within the the movie too and then just just because of how like popular wicket became from return of the jedi they ended up doing the two uh live action ewok like tv movies with wicket mm -hmm. uh, and then they also did the the animated ewok series too mm -hmm. um available on yeah. disney plus hopefully still maybe, maybe not maybe not oh, God, don't even get me started on that crap <laughs> don't even get me started yikes yeah 
I, well, I have it. I have that on DVD. I bought that anime. I love the DVD, DVD too. back when mm -hmm. they put all of that that stuff out. Well, not all of it. It's only certain episodes. So you oh, know, man. but but Disney. <laughs> Yeah, Mark's I, pissed now. <laughs> well, it's trust me. Like I, when they released it on DVD, it was like I was so excited. I, I snatched that up so quick because I knew because both the Ewok films and the droids and Ewoks cartoon like thing. Yeah. I snatched those mothers up so quick, man. I was like, I ain't, I ain't letting these go back. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, these are these yeah. are big deals, man. So, um, I yeah, yeah. Th yeah. No, I, I, I love, listen, I, I've on Twitter, I've got, I've rant and raved about the Ewok films, mainly the battle for Endor is my jam. Like that is, I'll hold that up. I'd watch that over last Jedi any day of the week. Like nice. I, I, I think the movie's so much better. I'll watch, i watch battle for Endor so much. I love that movie. It's so good. Teak dude, Teak's the MVP. He's the goat. Greatest of all time. So. What's kind of depressing is the, the Ewok movie that comes after that, which is because they just killed off all of the characters from do the you know why they do it do you know why no. see it goes back to george <laughs> being just a crazy old crazy dude so so george this is why i always say george only focuses in on like what he's doing at the time he's not thinking about down the, he's very loosely thinking down the line so he creates this movie right the the caravan of courage solid fun family movie you know tv movie not the greatest looking thing but for what it is it's pretty impressive i back in the day 84 when it came out or 85 you know so yeah. that comes out, you know, and it's like a moderate success, and, and but they want to make another one. Well, George is watching uh, the TV series Heidi with his daughter, which is about an orphan and an old man. So what does he do? Well, while we're watching Heidi, so I wanted to make it more like that. So he just offs the entire family. <laughs> like, like that's literally why Noah exists is because he was watching Heidi with his daughter and wanted to emulate that and like in honor of her. Like I'm just gonna off all these people, like Eric Walker, who's Mace. I'm just gonna you know, which I love Mace as a kid. Like I identify because he's a young kid, you know. He always seemed like a, he was like that older. He was older than me, but he was kind of like he's still a kid. Um, he gets destroyed. Like nah, I don't care about you. I don't care about this. My you know, I, I, there's something about the 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 guts of doing that of like of you because he's like the main character of the first movie <laughs> and it just it's just it, it's crazy to me that he's like yeah i don't care i'm just gonna here you go like I, there's something so punk rock about george lucas that i love and also hate you know it's just like it's just, it's so reckless um but yeah that's that's why the whole family gets killed is because he wants to emulate heidi for his daughter in, in essence, it's crazy. Yeah. Just like so. char killing characters named Mace. <laughs> well, you know, and Mace, the name Mace, was also the original like protagonist of Star Wars. It was first draft, so it was Mace Windy was was his name. Oh, jeez. So I, I heard that actually. Yeah. Yeah, and so Mace, and the thing with Lucas, he kept he'd always save names and things from his earlier drafts, like Utapau. Um, was another name that he had saved from his early drafts that never made it in until the prequel trilogy. But Mace was always a name that like, he saved. And then that's why he used it for one of the first things after, uh, um, you know, for the, the Caravan of Courage. And then he just reused it again for, you know, the Mace, the actual Mason Windu. Well, that was interesting. But I just, yeah, Mace, George, man, it's crazy. Crazy old guy. <laughs> right. Um, 
And then so like the the next thing I just want to touch on really quick is when I went to Celebration 3 in 2005, uh, they had uh, Barry Holland there, who was the, the actor who played uh, Renz in Return of the Jedi. You know, the, the dude that says, you rebel scum. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I think that was the first time like I had I had met anybody that was like in a Star Wars movie. So even even though it was like this like smaller part in the movie, I thought it was like super cool. Um, and I was it was just like one of the first things that like I can remember as far as because at that same celebration, I like I think like a day or two later, I uh, met like Peter Mayhew and Billy D. Williams, I, and I had like a whole. I still have like this like bad memory of like the whole interaction with billy d williams too <laughs> um why is that not shocking it yeah i don't i don't know if he was just having like a bad day or whatnot so like <laughs> i'll i'll give him grace for that but uh just because I, I don't know what he was going through that day but i just remember like the day the day that i interacted with him was like i don't know he just uh didn't seem like he wanted to, to be there um does that but, surprise me <laughs> well, it's like what I've heard about Christopher Lloyd. If you go to a convention and he's not there for Back to the Future and you mention it, he gets pissed. Hmm. I've heard he like, I'm not talking about that today. Or like he snaps at people. I've seen story, many stories about that. Like if he's brought to a convention for some other role other than Back to the Future, he won't talk about it and gets mad if you try to. Or He has to be in the mood to talk about Back to the Future. Hmm. With I him, hate interacting I have a, with celebrities. I was <laughs> no, going to say with with Christopher Lloyd, I have a very different memory because when he came to Phoenix Comic Con years ago, and I was getting my Back to the Future poster signed, he leaned down to my son and just said, "Great Scott," and I was like, "Man, that, this is, that's <laughs> gonna that's gonna be like a core memory now," <laughs> just because like I didn't ask him to do that. He just mm-hmm. saw my son standing there. He leaned down, shook his hand and said, great Scott to him. I was like, man, this that's like, Chris Lloyd's awesome. And then, <laughs> and now, and now he's the man DeLorean. <laughs> he's something. <laughs> wow. Wow. wow, um, wow. Yes. Uh, th- that being said, and a good segue from talking about uh, my son is that the stuff that I really like, the most in Return of the Jedi is a lot of the stuff that deals with Luke and Vader's like father and son relationship that's definitely expanded upon from like once uh, Lake Luke has found out that Vader's his dad in Empire. Uh, and I like the basically like it being like Luke's whole mission to go and try to essentially save his dad from the Emperor and like feeling that there's good in him just the same way that like Padme like had said in Revenge of the Sith that like she knew that there's still good in him somewhere. Um, mm. Granted, we, we then have the, like the scene of, uh, of Leia and, and Luke, um, like Luke sharing that uh, their brother and sister. And she's like, I, I know I've somehow I've always known her. Like, did you know all the time though? <laughs> Because you were just Granted, they they had just met moments before. They didn't really know each other yet. They you hadn't interacted make much. It, make, you guys are making out a movie ago. So <laughs> that was one time. I mean there is that deleted scene supposedly I, where they kiss again. I, I do like the edit though, where when when Leia tells Han that 
that Luke is her brother and she kisses him and it's and then it's that shot of Han like with like the different like facial kind of <laughs> like movements to that and then it I don't remember it's like that music's like on it like shows him flashing back to to Empire with them kissing and he's like oh wait what so I, I just like that like that funny aspect to it but I do I like all the father and son stuff with Luke and Vader in this and uh, just like with like the different conversations that like Vader and him are having as they're going up to, to the Emperor and you can kind of see like with like Vader actually does kind of like want to work with his son. Like at the point, it's still kind of like more that he wants to like, they want, he like wants to be like, like Sith master and apprentice together with him at that point. But I like, and I just like all of this stuff near like the end of this, this movie with Luke and Leia or not, sorry, not Luke and Leia, Luke and, and Vader and like all the father and son relationship stuff that comes from that here later in the movie doesn't vader if memory serves luke goes to, to kill the emperor and vader stop right yeah but i think that's also partly because it's because he's protecting the emperor i guess yeah he's the protecting the emperor is. yeah yeah so good I was going to say, and I know there's like other like theories where like he's protecting the Emperor, but he's also trying to protect Luke from falling to the dark side at that point. But that I don't really, I don't, I don't, I don't that prescribe because, that, because no. he's, he doesn't really make that choice until I didn't either. I was just thinking about it while you were talking about the father son stuff. Yeah. Cause yeah. I don't see, cause he doesn't really like make that choice until like he sees like the Emperor just like, like frying Luke. And then he just grabs him and throws him <laughs> you know and, and one of the things that people talk about with with the star wars and think of the greater lore aspect you know because people always say like well luke didn't train that much or whatever what you think is again fair assessment the way they establish it with lucas himself establishes in like the original you know from the prequel in the prequel trilogy when i was watching it today it kind of and maybe i'm just mega slow and dumb but kind of dawned on me because you know if you look at what they talk about the trials right for the Jedi, from a Padawan to become a Jedi, yeah. and what what are the trials? And it just kind of dawned to me. Well, well, Dub Vader is Luke's trial. Like that is so. That's right. why when Luke, when Luke's like, you know, when Yoda's like, you don't need no more training, bro. You know, and he's like, oh, I'm a Jedi. He's like, well, hold on a second. You gotta defeat Vader <laughs> still. He doesn't say it's his trial, but that's essentially what like it is, right? But you know, every yeah. Jedi has to go through that one trial to kind of like become it become they become greater for one afterwards, right? And right. that's his trial, which is really cool. And I'm sure people have already talked about this. I'm not trying to act like I'm like some great like epiphany, of, you know. Of, you know, I'm not like Eureka, you know. <laughs> but uh, but I will say that it kind of dawned on me at that moment, like, Oh yeah, that's his trial. And that makes sense in the context of the greater lore that, you know, like when Obi-Wan says in the, in the, in the Phantom Menace, he's like, I'm ready for the trials, you know? And then like, and then actually we're a bureaucracy, the Jedi order. We tell you if you're ready, Obi-Wan. And it's like so <laughs> stupid. And I, I love that the fact that like Lucas is based in, in a very non like obvious way, for the mainstream audience, because mainstream audience, no offense to y'all, are not all the smartest people in the world uh, who get this stuff. But like, 
you're showing he's showing you why the Jedi Order is dumb <laughs> too, like and why right. they're corrupt and and dumb and how Palpatine gets into power because he's not completely wrong, you know. So like he's he's right to an extent. He just he just perverts the truth, right? So, um, but all that to be said is that there's the truth remains for you to graduate from someone who is to become a Jedi, you have to go through that massive trial to, to really prove that you are, you are who you are. And mm -hmm. I think that like, that's obviously what this is, what Vader is. It's his trial, um, you know, and, and in a very like big trial. And that's like the trial mm -hmm. of like the fate of the galaxy, but it is his trial to become a Jedi. And I think that's, that's really interesting to think about it. When you, when you look at things from now, when you look at all the context of like the books and the comics and the movies that have come out before and whatever, when you look at that aspect, you're like, Oh, that's kind of a cool thing. Like it's, a, it retroactively fits. You know what I mean? Like it was really cool, which I have a, which I have a theory for like a rise of Skywalker thing in the high Republic, like retroactively, which I don't think is nearly intentional, which I thought they could, they could totally build off of, but it's retroactively after the fact you could build on it because what's come before and after all that crap. So, um, but yeah, same thing. I think it's just cool to kind of see that aspect of, of Luke is like Vader. It's Luke's Jedi trial was his own father, which yeah. is again, a big deal, but it's still like, it's, it's different in that aspect, but, but still in that frame, same frame, you could say it's arguably in that same frame that like they talk about in previous, uh, the canon or lore. You could echoing that and, putting it on Vader, you could say the same thing about him for what we saw in Obi-Wan, the series, how he still can't beat him. And then in the opening of a new hope, not opening, but in a new hope, he battles Obi-Wan again. And then we see him defeat him. You could say that was his trial and that's Obi-Wan basically like that was. Yeah. Well, cause the force ghost, if you, I don't know if you, if you guys watch the Clone Wars at all, um, but uh, like if you watch that last Yoda arc, which is, I think, some of the best yeah. Star Wars ever created. Um, and I mean that 100 percent. That's phenomenal. Um, it, you know, it's about obviously Yoda becoming a force ghost and how, how do you become a force ghost? Right. Like Yoda, like he goes and I freaking love that stuff. Right. The force mystical. Give, give it to me. Just inject it in my veins. Um, but what's the last episode called? It's called Sacrifice. And like during that time, Yoda, like they don't say outright what Yoda, like what the force priestesses say to him. Like they don't say like what, what he, you know, but they, they basically say like you learned what it was and what it is. If you watch it's sacrifice, mm -hmm. that's, that's how you become a force ghost is through sacrifice. I mean, there's training, I think obviously beforehand. But sacrifice is the is the key because that's what Yoda because Yoda sacrifices himself in in, in a sense in, in that that one instance because he because they basically show him what's going to happen and he's like oh I gotta sacrifice a lot in myself I have to go off and be isolated and sacrifice that and all these people because I can't if I don't then people are gonna then, then we're done. Yeah. And, you know, essentially he, he, his dying breath is giving sacri sacrificing himself to like tell Luke what you need to do to like do things. Right. So, so he sacrifices in, in different, like you could say in different ways, but mm -hmm. Obi-Wan sacrifices himself to save Luke. Right. 
He like he goes and just gets killed. Um, eventually, um, I, the Qui Gon thing is a little different because he because because mm-hmm. it shows up later on. But I'm just going by off of what I you know he. But he kind of was the, the the crux of everything because his he said his training wasn't complete, mm-hmm. so maybe yeah. he obviously gets it later on. But but then through that you have Luke becomes a Jedi ghost through sacrifice and Last Jedi still by coincidence. So and Good obviously life. Anakin through sacrificing himself for his son becomes a Force ghost. So in that the last episode of this Clone Wars where, he, where Yoda learns is called sacrifice. So that's how you become a force ghost in my like it's it's all there you know it's even right. leia sacrifices herself yeah. right like again at the end of rise of skywalker she comes shows up and she's a, a force ghost so that that is the key of the force ghost and I, I just i like that that's the emphasis of of what this of what vader does right vader sacrifices himself and that's how he learns and he becomes one with the force uh, through that, we thought it was really fascinating and really, really interesting. And, and again, in retrospect, because that was not—I don't—I don't think that was intentional. I think that was all developed later on, as it went. Kind of like yeah. we talked about earlier too, with the Force Ghost, like how the Force gets stronger and stronger for Luke. You could go back and retroactively say that's what happened, but, but, but yeah, like that is definitely what they've been painting the picture of. Like this is all retroactively, like sacrifice is how you become the will become you keep your consciousness within the force yeah i think that's a good segue to like move into like the last two things uh we'll talk about from return of the jedi as we kind of wrap up talking about it is um like with vader sacrificing himself for for luke to, to save his son um this is this is kind of like a debate between like the special edition and the like the original versions of the movie too is like do you prefer sebastian shaw as the older version of anakin at the end of the movie or are you okay with hayden as as anakin at at the end of the movie when luke looks over and he sees obi-wan uh yoda and anakin over there uh smiling over at him and celebrating the fact that the palpatine for now is gone um, I'll, I'll go with you, Mike, because I know I, I can see like your your notes for it first, and then then have Paul. Go. Well, my whole thing is, I'm fine with Hayden Christensen being edited in. Fine. Why didn't they which, age him up? Which side note to that is that Hayden Christensen didn't even know that was going to be happening because I remember him in, in some interview where he he was watching the movie for the first time when they re released those on. Was it, it was a change that was done in one of the DVD releases after Revenge of the the Sith. And he said he was watching the movie and he was like, oh, uh, I guess I'm in Return of the Jedi now. Because it's like some <laughs> like random shot of him that they had from some alternative take within the movie that yeah, they had placed his head But I just remember he was as surprised as everybody else when that initial, that initial DVD release came out and he was in Return of the Jedi at that point. But go ahead. No, it was just like, I, it's just strange that they didn't think to age him up a little. The whole thing for me comes down to the religion aspect because I have this strong memory in Sunday school. All of a sudden, we're talking about death. I don't know, like, it was that was the lecture of the week was death. And the teacher, uh, the lady teaching it, was like, just so you know, when you die, you get to pick what you look like. 
whatever form you think you look like, God will make you look as best as you ever looked. And that's what you'll look like in heaven. And I was just like, so confused by that. And it stuck with me because it's such a strange concept that God so vain that he's going to make you look aesthetically pleasing to be in heaven. They kind of did that in that movie, What Dreams May Come, the Rob Williams movie. Oh, man. When I see Anakin Hayden Christensen in that scene, I was like, it just brings that memory back, and I laugh. So I expect them to change it and age it up at some point, but I'm fine with it changing. I just was always curious why he wasn't aged, because Luke doesn't know who that guy is, really. He's never seen him like that. He understands it from context. I I think it makes more sense with Hayden in in context of the whole saga. I think again, it's we're used to Sebastian Stan. It's fine. I you could do either one, but I I just think in the context of the great, especially with the Obi Wan series, it just makes mm-hmm. way more sense to have Hayden in that. Yeah. Hayden, you at know, this so. point, like it's fine. Yeah, I, 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 to be honest, I never cared that much about that. I thought yeah, that was people were right. getting all he, people. Here's the thing if everyone loved, like, if, if, if Hayden was predominantly loved, then no one would give a one crap about right. it, right? But because we had the sequel, the, the I'd say more episode two than episode three, people try to crap on him in episode three, but that definitely wore off over the years. People, even before the, the Obi Wan series, people were like, yeah, Hayden Christian was pretty good in Revenge of the Sith, I, and I always defended him for the you know most part. There's a couple of parts where it's like he's a little rough, but it's not because of him. It's because that's what George wanted. Like when he's like, yeah, "Just right. help me, help Padme. I just can't live without her." Like that's all. That's mm-hmm. not Hayden. That's George. You know. Right. I mean, that's that's where I've come to over the years. Yeah. Is Lucas but, is like, yes, this is good. Yeah, and and that's more of like the episode two, right? But if you watch the rest of the movie, he's fun. He's great. He's so good in the movie. Like he is even some of the lines where he's like, you know, there's when he's fighting Obi-Wan, they're kind of like a little bit cringe, a little bit, not complete, but kind of cringe. Like, I don't know. Like, is it still, it still work because Hayden delivers it well. And I've always said that, listen, you could tell me that George is not a great director of talent, but that's fine. Like I can agree to that, but like great acting overcomes bad direction. And Hugh McGregor did not have people say that he was bad in those movies. No one ever told me that. Everyone said, well, Ewan was good. He was directed by the same people. He was directed. Mm-hmm. And I would say now the important was actually pretty good in episode one and episode two and three. She's garbage. In my opinion, <laughs> she's bad. And it's cause she didn't care. And again, that's part of that's on George. Part of that's on her. But Ewan, he's good in all of it. Uh, Freaking Liam Neeson, Nielsen, whatever his name is, he's he's just fine as Qui Gon. No one complains about him, do they? So, great actors overcome bad direction and like not the great. You know what I'm saying? Like they, and I look at the original three, the big three. They all overcame bad directing from George Lucas. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Good actors, the right characters, they they will transcend that that whole thing, right? And Ewan, or excuse me, Hayden, just he the characters wasn't what people wanted him to be, and so right. people rebelled against him. But Revenge of the Sith, 
because of re- re- episode two, people were like, nah. And so when he shows up in, in Return of the Jedi, they're like, nah, you know, and, and now people don't care as much because they realize, oh, Hayden's actually pretty good in episode three. He's pretty good. Yeah, you can apply the same to Jar Jar Banks. Like everyone is yeah. so anti him, but it's what Lucas wanted. Like, yeah. He could have changed it at any point in time, and this is what he was like. Nope, this is good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, and then like the the one other thing about the the ending to the movie too. So like with in the special edition and then the original version, um, like in the special edition we get like more of like a kind of galaxy wide like celebration. Um, like celebrating like the emperor being taken down, like Coruscant now has the Jedi Temple in the Senate in it mm-hmm. where it didn't before because now they existed in the, the prequels. Um, and then like you see Naboo in there in the celebration as well too. And a, and a random Gungan saying Weeza free, uh, which has got to mm-hmm. just got to assume who that could be. Um, but I, I, I like that expanded upon celebration, just kind of showing, like galaxy wide, like everyone just celebrating, like the emperor being taken down, like his statue being torn down a Coruscant. Uh, I don't know, like how fast that news is traveling, um, but like the I do miss Yub Nub in in like the the special edition version of it, but you can still listen to Yub Nub if if you have the the soundtrack and listen to it that way, or if you. Still have like go online, uh, yeah, or like best, uh, like you can if you find the specialized editions, you can watch it that way, or like Best Buy did do uh, like a DVD release, yeah, like where like bonus features, uh, are like the original versions of the the movie, though. So, I mean, there's ways to they're laser discs versions too, they're not even great, they're not even great transfers, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like that expanded upon ending just because I, I like just kind of seeing like how far w- widespread like that celebration is at the end of it, and then it kind of makes like when you watch Return of the Jedi, it actually makes it a little bit somber now too, and like knowing like that that's not like the end of like they didn't they didn't like take it like take down like an evil empire like. Um, group of people for good at that yeah. point. Yeah. Um, so it kind of makes it a little bit, I guess, less less joyous. But like you're like, well, at least for a little while, it'll be good. But... Yeah, you know, I mean, you could. I've seen people are. I think that's a fair argument. It's a fair point yeah. to bring up regarding the ending. But at the same time, it's just, it's just, it's not reality. I yeah. think in like real world, but yeah, also there's, it's not a definitive end to. Like, so, yeah, because we're a brand, man. It's a brand, and it's it's just you. I've accepted the fact that like there's in, as a brand, you're it's it's a never ending story. Cue the music, you know. It's like it is reality, and if you accept that, you just, you know you have to accept that that's the end for that moment, that moment in time yeah. of that rea- of that lore, you know. And I think that's just kind of. I mean, you know, I don't know if you guys ever watched or ever read the, the comic Watchmen, but, uh, you know, people, yeah. like, there's always like people always try to say like nothing lasts forever. And there's truth to that. But at the very end of Watchmen, when, uh, spoiler, if you guys haven't read Watchmen, um, you might, <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not like a big deal, 
but it's really important. I'll just say this: at one point, a very powerful character says to the to the to the antagonist of the of the comic. He says to them, "Nothing ever ends," and then goes away. And so, um, I think that's that's very fascinating. Basically, to because you can interpret that in so many different ways. And I, I go back and going back to Star Wars is that same kind of thing. Like nothing ever really ends. Like it's all continuously a circle, you know, and, and, and history tells us that, you know, sometimes that circle may take a long time to get to that other point. Right. But nothing ever. I, I, I that's, what, that's how I interpreted that, that saying. And that I imply that to these brands like Star Wars and Marvel and DC, especially Marvel and Star Trek, even though I'm not a Star Trek fan at all. But Star Wars is the whole thing. Like nothing ever really ends. <laughs> I saw that. Um, and, you know, and I think that when I, when I apply that whole idea to like Star Wars, it's like, yeah, it makes sense because the, there's always going to be evil in the galaxy. So it's like not it's because like Luke defeats evil the one time doesn't mean it's going to go away. Right. And so, you know, I yeah, I never I don't. I don't, I see that I, I totally get why people are bummed about that whole part because there's not really a happy ending for those characters. And I think that is where I understand and can like, I wish they, they wrote and figure that out better overall. And then yeah. from start to finish, and I'm, I'm not even the last shit I bash, like completely from the beginning, like they should have figured that out way sooner and should have waited instead of like, we got to rush this out because we just spent $4 billion on right you know i mean like which again i understand that aspect too it's we're in commerce man this is capitalism you know so yeah. um but at the same time i i i get i get both sides so it's just was it's like i said nothing ever really ends so star wars is, is, is just never going to end and you have to accept that and know there's always going to be like of conflict and we're gonna you know figure it out so yeah nice all right and then as we rewrap up is there any like uh, tangential things that we didn't touch on that you guys want to uh, bring up or just kind of touch on quickly as as we wrap out. Hit the main stuff. Hit the main nah, we covered yeah. everything worth covering. Like, I just with the advent of Bad Batch and them rescuing that Raincore off that one planet, it just makes you think, oh, poor Munchie got rescued to go get killed by Luke. But, I don't think that they didn't confirm that's Munchie, by the way. I think there was misunderstanding. They didn't confirm it, but it's just like that's my that's because he was going to Jabba. And, eh. Yeah, it's a good name if if it is Munchie because he did get munched under the door. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> true. Um, which yeah, I'd like Yaddle. Side side note: Bad Batch season two, way better than season one. It's gonna say it right now. That's true. So, <laughs> I love season two. Love it. it. Um, no, I, I would just say that I think that Return of the Jedi is just like I'm just gonna say it's it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I've seen that movie more than I think I've, ever, I've seen any other movie, and it is definitely. And I said it on my on my Twitter a couple of months ago, or a couple of days ago, and I said like that movie changed the course of my life because I you know because of Return of the Jedi I became a Star Wars fan because I became a Star Wars fan you know I became a diehard Star Wars fan and I became like so inundated with it that i be you know i started podcasting about it and i got to know certain people and those certain people became like deeply connected and close to me and i lost one of them a couple of years ago and it was devastating and it was uh and we both bonded over return of the jedi 
you know, and then like he, uh, yeah, John was an amazing person. And, and I'm just, you know, he's my brother and I miss him like crazy, but return of the Jedi is a big reason why we were, we became brothers, you know, and, uh, and why we became star Wars fans, you know, I mean, to an, to an extent or, or not even star Wars fans, diehard, like, you know, star Wars fans. And, it is the reason why I podcast and why I'm here right now, not just because of this, this particular topic, but because of in general in Star Wars, I'm here because of Return of the Jedi. Essentially, I, I would say um, you could you could love Empire in there, but to me, Jedi was because growing up, I got bored sometimes with Jedi because it was it's not action packed. I love it, but what even as a kid, I was like I kind of fast forward sometimes because I'm just I'm ADHD, I can't help it. Um, but Jedi, I could watch all the way. I wa I'd watch it all the way through, no problem. You know, and so Jedi is the movie that I grew up loving. The first movie I loved from moment to from minute to end, from start to finish. And uh, yeah, I love it to death. And uh, it's why I love Star Wars. And I'm glad I'm very much blessed and glad it exists. Nice. Uh, I off of that, I will just kind of kind of say that is a, one of the reasons that. I personally love movies in general so much um, just because of how, like whether it is Star Wars or Back to the Future or the Marvel movie or whatever it is, like how it can bring different people together that might not necessarily talk to each other for any other reason other than they have a shared love and passion for. That's why going to the thing. theater is essential. Because so, you're in yeah. that moment of time with the person next to you, and they can't take it away. Yeah. Yeah, and then that I so like yeah, well, like when you were saying that, like that I could like really like feel all of that, and it made me. Um, I was just that's that's why I liked the time that like the time that we shared working together at the movie theater. Um, Mike and I, um, even if <laughs> working at the movie theater wasn't itself all of that <laughs> awesome uh working at a movie theater was awesome if that makes sense um but mm -hmm. yeah so i'd go back if it paid well yeah i'd do it I'd... and it and, <laughs> oh, and that yeah. was also still when you had to thread the film through the projector and it wasn't just like a, a cd or a hard drive that you had to place into the digital projector um but yeah that's i mean that's a good way to wrap it out too is that that's that's why we also do the whole maneuver too is that uh we love star wars we love movies we like talking to other people that share those interests about the the stuff that we like whether it's star wars or anything else and i like having that kind of communal experience like with having like you on the show paul or like any other guests that we've had on like in the past like almost 50 episodes it's, <laughs> i like just being able to like have that shared experience and passion for something with people and being able to enjoy that with one another. So even though the, the loudest voice for a lot of the star Wars fans online nowadays can sometimes be that of like the, like the vitriol kind of mm -hmm. star Wars fan, they, they tend to have the, the loudest voice, but I still think the majority of star Wars fans are, are like this and like our friends over at like live action star Wars that like spreading um, 
like the love of Star Wars and like the passion mm -hmm. for it and the kindness and everything that like Star Wars teaches about like different thing in it when talking about it rather than the other side of it, which is more Sith like. Um, so mm -hmm. I don't even I think, think it's Sith like. I think it's done for oh, I want to argue with someone. And this is very easy topic to get into an argument with. It's done yeah. to fill a void that's missing that they get uh, they get their kicks out of arguing or or monetary kicks out of arguing right yeah you know, that's, that's why you a make lot of, more doing it that way that's why a lot of thumbnails or titles you'll see on youtube usually that have the highest views or likes likes on them will be ones that are uh clickbaity in that way in that they're they're like failure like all that so yeah and, and you know what I'm say, quick thing about oh, that but that that might eventually be what it is now but that will never that that will eventually change like yeah. that that whole the whole feeding the negative thing for monetary gain that will eventually backfire on those people i mean it may not be 10 years from now but at one point that's going to come back and people are not going to that will not be it just i'm not i don't know how it's going to happen i i I'm all, i promise you there's mm -hmm. no way that's going to keep up for like ever there's no way in hell that happens. Yeah. So we'll just see what happens. But, but yeah, uh, so that will do it for episode 47 of the Hold the Maneuver. Uh, <laughs> we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, if you did, leave us a review on the podcast catcher of your choice, or if you're watching this on YouTube, do all the stuff, you know, like, subscribe, <laughs> hit the bell, do, do all that stuff wherever it is on the screen above or below me or to the side of me or up ways. Post sideways. a video of you dancing while watching it. Something like that. Not, sure. Oh. Do that. <laughs> um, you can follow us individually on uh, social media. Uh, all that will be in the show notes as well. But where can they find you online, Paul? Man, you, first of all, you can follow me on Twitter at Herman22 with two N's, aka P Thug. You can please follow my YouTube channel, The Comic Binge where we um are my goal of the channel is to basically try to get people to read more comics and to get to kind of create a uh, a ground a zero or uh, a jumping on point for people to get into comics whether they maybe they want someone to kind of follow along with them kind of like you know help not want to say hold their hand where what to read but like just kind of you know to help them kind of just push them in the right direction because my my shows try to try as much as i can be spoiler less spoilers just this more general conversation about it and just kind of talk about it and have people like say good, bad thing, whatever. Cause there's good comics. There's bad comics. It's like any other medium um, out there. And, you know, I just, I, I champion the medium so much cause it's, it's brilliant and people need to know that there's, it's way more than just superheroes, which I love superheroes. It's my bread and butter. That's what I read mo mostly of, but there's all kinds of comics out there. It's art, make artsy comics. There's just, it's, it's a crazy. Um, but the comic binge is a passion project of mine that I'm just I'm building up slowly and surely. Um, but yeah, if you guys want, if anyone out there wants to get more into comics, highly recommend subscribing to the channel. Or if you're kind of just you know, you're interested remotely, go out there and check it out. It's a lot of fun. And uh, you know, if you're into Marvel, uh, I do a lot of things called MC required reading, where you can get you can get into. Once you watch a movie, I, I've done a lot of movies the last couple of years and TV series where if you like a TV series, I tell you what you should read afterwards. But it might get you more into it or kind of tell you where the story is going forward or whatever. And so um, we just did Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 where I talked about, you know, if you want to learn about 
the true beginnings of the current incarnation of Guardians of the Galaxy or how it all started, I give you a four issue miniseries that it basically is that starting team. Um, uh, that was the first time they were all together. So just, you know, you know, I, I'm a Marvel zombie. I, I, that's my most knowledge of anything I have in comics. So I, 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 I'm confident to say that like, if you, if you like Marvel, I, I can direct you where to go for that. So, um, but anyway, uh, this, you know, next, really last thing I'll say is uh, next week, uh, or, or this week, I should say tomorrow, we'll be doing a live stream of uh, 2000 or 2099 Spider-Man comic series. And uh, before the Across the Spider-Verse, just kind of, you know, prep, kind of hype, if you will. So we're going to talk about that on the Spider-Man Council, which is a personal favorite show of mine, where I grab a bunch of people and I just, I start pounding the table. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice, nice. Uh, I start pounding the table for people to shut up so they can move on because there's too many people on the show. So, uh, uh, but yeah, Spider-Man Council episodes are a blast because I have like a bunch of rad people on there, and we just, I just, it, it's great, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and also last thing I'll say is a couple things. I'm on a couple other Star Wars podcasts. The saga continues with my, my boys uh, Kyle and Tim. Love those guys, and I also do a thing every other week on Star Wars uh, Newsnet. Uh, where I, we, me and um, buddy Brian, we kind of talk about Star Wars, and, and most recently, pretty much just argue about Ray Skywalker for like an hour. So, <laughs> nice. a lot of fun, which I'm actually not. It's not fun, but we argue about it. So, fun well, for other people, maybe. I don't know. And I, I will put links to all of these in the, in the show notes on YouTube. So, if Thank people you want to check any of them out, uh, they will be there to check out. Uh, again, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for this having week. Me. Oh, it's an honor. Thank it you. was a this was a definitely a good movie to, to have you on for and timed mm -hmm. up well with the 40th anniversary. Mm -hmm. and so, uh, Mike and I will close with as always, we are grateful to George Lucas for creating the Star Wars universe. Oh dear, thank the maker. <laughs> <laughs>